All right, well, Heavenly Father, we open tonight um, just proclaiming your name, proclaiming you as the Father, the God of the universe, the creator of all, and your Son, who has been lifted up to be Lord over all, Jesus Christ. And Father, as um, we all come together just as a bunch of men with our lives, Lord, uh, we give those lives to you. And I just pray, Lord, as we open up your word tonight, that your spirit that lives in us, in us, that guides us, that confirms your presence and who you are in us, Lord, that it will be present today as we open up your word, sharing our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so um, where we are, just to give you guys um, be good for a little thing around here, too, is we, we've been going through John. We got to John 13, and then because it was Easter, we ended up sort of skipping over 14 through 17, which is really the upper room discourse, which is cool because we were in the upper room. Um, skipped over the upper room discourse, went from 18 to about 2021, 20, which is really the, um, the death, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus. And so because it was Easter, we thought, let's just jump ahead and do that. And now we've come back around to really 14 through 17. Um, I'm especially excited about 14 through 17. I've been sort of like, this is a section I've been myself really <laughs> hoping we would get to one day. Um, and just to give you guys an idea of our pace, we're on like week 42 of going through John. So we sort of take our time as we go through. It's not like a little 10-week course in, in, in John. Um, but as we hit on 14 through 17, um, which is really what we're going to start in tonight, um, I think one of the things that about this section that's so different is that we have been really mostly in John looking at the narrative of Jesus as to who he was when he was here on earth, him doing all the signs, doing everything to proclaim who he was, show who he was, calling people to believe in him. But it was all while he was here. And what's going to happen now is we're going to transition as we get into 14 through 17, where Jesus is going to say, okay, I've done what I've been set out to do here on earth. I'm going to the cross, but I'm not going to just leave you forever. Which is obviously, even in the section we're in today, it's like, that's what the, the disciples were doing. Like, where are you going? <laughs> all right. But then now, what Jesus is going to do is reveal what is going to happen when he leaves. And really, we're participants of that. I mean, we don't get to see Jesus when he was here. Um, and so really, 14 through 17 is Jesus saying, this is what's going to happen when I leave, and here's what I want you to know to, to be able to live and follow me for the rest of your lives. And one of the things, that, one of the key themes that we've been talking about all the way through John is the theme that actually... That actually John, the author himself, states in John 20, he actually says, why am I writing this? I'm writing it so you will believe, initially come to believe in Jesus. But more importantly, or just as importantly, I should say, not more importantly, is that you keep on believing. And so what John, the Gospel of John, does that's unique across all other Gospels is that John is using this verb form of belief, which is what's called pistis, it's the Greek word pistis. He uses the verb form of pistis 
way more than any other of the gospel writers do. His call is is an action. It's not just a now, like, I trust in God, I believe, but that I keep on believing, that this belief is an active thing that I do in my life. And really what 14 through 17 is going to do is really unfold that for us. And that's, I think, what's sort of exciting as we, as we get into the section. Um, as an introduction to that, in fact, is if you go ahead and open up to page 88, um, and you only want... Um, well, you've given me so many copies. Well, now. you know, maybe you'll bring back some at some point, or maybe you're selling them on the side, I, or I, on eBay or something. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, i got to earn money somehow. Yeah. Greg, what translation is that? ESV is a translation that this is. Yeah. Thank you. Do you want, do you want one, Daniel? No, I'm good. Okay. Actually, I can't see this. I, I, I can, you can do it there. there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So, a little bit of context here as we hit on 14 is that in 13, we are, what's happening in 13 is that Jesus is now in the upper room. In 13, he has just revealed that Judas is going to betray him. This is what we did last week. And then he gives us what's called the new commandment, which is what we looked at last week on page 86, which is that really, the only time Jesus ever says, I'm giving you a new commandment, and that commandment was not just love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, love your neighbor as yourself, but Jesus says, now I'm going to sort of twist that. Because now, everything's around what I have done for you. So now, the model is not just love God and love your neighbor. The model is love love others as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. So he becomes our model. He becomes our motive. So when we look and say, how do I love Pete? All right. I use as that as an example of how did Jesus love me? And really, the more we understand what he has done for us and how he loved us, the more we then can learn how to live that way towards others. Um, so that's what we discussed last week, sort of the comparison of that. Can I yes. just expand on that? Uh-huh. I think the icing on the cake or the carrot at the end of the stick with that is by doing so, we show the world that we are his yeah. disciples. Right, and you brought that out last week. Really I good. think that is... Yeah. Like, why? Why do you think that's that? key. Why? Why? Because we want to glorify him in everything we do, you know, because of how much we love him and how much he loves us. It's only, our only way of getting back to him, honestly, is to glorify his name, is to do good works and help others in his name, bring people to the Father. Yeah. And and by loving one another, as much as it sometimes plagues us, hurts us, burdens us, it, it shows him that we put him first. It, it supersedes all our anguish in loving that person by proving to God that we love him. Yeah. And that's all he wants. And I think what you brought out at the end last week, as we're going through it all, is that Jesus says, you're not just doing this for yourself. You're doing it because this is the way the world is going to know. He says, by this way you're loving one another, all people would know that you are my disciples. Yeah. If you love one another. And we're going to see in John 17 that Jesus prays to the Father that that is what we would do. Yeah. And boy, if that's not a yardstick we all can 
more time. <laughs> Just so how well we loving each other that the world goes, ah. I want that. Yeah. yeah that's what exactly. I want. How, how do we get there? Yeah. yeah. How do I do that? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So. All right. It's a real challenge, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> Every day, all the time. Every, I mean, we start out as sinners, and we judge, and the world's so full of competition that it's really easy to not go there. Okay, so if you turn to page 88, I want to start before 14. I want to set the context because 14, and just as a reminder to everyone, there were no such thing as chapter breaks in the Bible, and we put breaks in the Bible, so we put chapter 14 in there. This is an example where really from 38 and into 14, it really is this continuous flow, and we've divided these things up. They're not really... They're not inspired. It was done centuries ago, but it wasn't done in the original writing of the Bible. The verses also, same thing. It's just, this was all just one document as we were reading it. So, and by the way, just for you two to know, as all the rest of them know, um, <coughs> ask questions. Anything, at any time, nothing's off here. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, yeah, feel free. Feel free to chime in any time you want to. So, what I want to read is in, in on, um, page 88, which is 1336, where it starts with Simon Peter. So Simon Peter, to Jesus, asks him, Lord, where are you going? Because Jesus has just said he's going somewhere. And they're like, okay, you know, you know, can you give me a little GPS on my map? Can you, you know, tell me where, where in the heck are you going? And Lord, so Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answers them, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. But you will follow afterward. Now you can imagine Peter probably going, whatever. And Peter says, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will, we know Peter, I will lay down my life for you. Anything to follow you, Jesus answers. Well, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. So we find out Peter's idea about where Jesus is going is not, he has no clue that where Jesus is going is at the cross. Um, and no clue that because of that, Peter will end up, after following him for three years, Peter will end up denying him three times. How would you guys like your name to be written? <laughs> this book saying, I denied you three times. Um, but of course, as we know, Peter redeemed himself. Um, so then, chapter 14 starts. And I just want to look right now at the very first sentence. Because what Jesus says is, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Now, I'm going to tell us in a few minutes that there's a place where this, we call it an inclusio, where... This beginning is going to have an ending, okay? So Jesus starts out by saying, let me not your hearts be troubled. But he's going to end with something else. Okay, I don't want to show you where that is yet. Because what I want to do is as we enter this whole section of 14 through 17, I want each of us right now to ask ourselves, what is it that most troubles your heart? So what is it right now in your life, or in the world, what is it for you, you would say, is the thing that most troubles you? 
So again, it could be something inside you. It could be something with what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. It could be something in your relationships. Whatever that is, I want you to try to just for a few minutes think, what is it that troubles you the most? And what I want you to do is I want you to write that down. There's a pen there. Because I want us to keep in mind this, because we're going to go through 14 through 17. Jesus is going to show us what to do with that. With that thing that troubles us the most, he's going to say, I'm going to take that and I'm going to do something with it. Okay? But I want us to think about what is that first. So there's a pen there. Um, if you don't have a, um, it's alright. Yeah. What? I can use my notes. Okay, you can use your notes, or if you don't have it, you guys won't run out of paper, but write it. In fact, what I would do is say, if you need a piece of paper, let me know. Daniel, you want a piece of paper, you can write it down. So I want you guys to write this down, because I want you to keep this in mind as we go through the rest of 14 through 17. I'm still thinking what's bothering Yeah. And I'm going to give you some time to think about that. So either write it up here. We're trying to prioritize. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Either write it, if you have the book, go ahead and write in your book. Now, I'm not I'm going to ask if anybody wants to share, but I'm not going to force anybody to share. I'm not going to go around and say, okay, let's have each person share. Okay, so you do not have to, you never will be forced to do that here. You don't have to share what you're going to write down. If you want to, fine. But I want you to think right now and write down what is it that most troubles you? Most troubles your heart. Yes. Um, You're... You gave us context uh-huh. by going into chapter 13. And the context is, you know, Jesus, somebody's going to betray me and, and I'm going to leave you. So they were upset about that. Right. It says, let not your heart be troubled about that. Correct. So now you're saying, okay, guys, now tell me if you're having trouble with your marriage. Because, you know, I think it's out of context uh-huh. where you're going here. It, it seems like it. That's fair enough. But it's in context. <laughs> so because, and the reason why I would say it's going to be in context is because we're going to see that in this immediate context, Jesus ta- is talking to the disciples. But what Jesus is going to be saying in 14 through 17 is he's going to be talking in a way that says, what I'm saying to you is not just for you, 12 or whoever it was. I mean, were there at the t- exact time, could be more. But it is going to be what's going to happen, and what I'm going to talk to you about is going to be for every believer from then on. So you, we'll see that as we go through. So that's the reason why, good point, Tom, but that's the reason why I'm drawing it to today, as we can with everything in Scripture, is in context, it was originally to the first disciples. But we're going to see that Jesus is going to talk about how what he's going to say between now and through 17 is really for everybody who believes in him. Just yes. so I understand the question, you're saying that let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled. You're asking whether that applies to the previous point, but then you're saying that this arbitrary line of where that starts mm-hmm. applies to the forward segment. Correct. That's okay. correct. Yeah. Okay. So he's speaking to Peter, but we're going to see. You're going to see that as we go through, even today in the first section is that what he's saying is a call, as all of John, I mean, we have to realize, why did John write every single thing in here? Ultimately, was not just for the disciples of those days. They already gone through it. It ultimately was to bring other people to belief and for everybody to keep on believing. 
So everything in here ultimately is that context of for us today too. Okay, which is all what the Word of God is for. But it's good to always know what's the original context, which is what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying in context, let not your heart be troubled right. about me leaving you. It, uh, yes. But and, we'll see and that, that. And that would could apply to any of us because if somebody says I feel like God abandoned me, then then that would apply. Exactly. But you know, I think you're. Hang in there, Tom. <laughs> I mean, if we spend all night about guys' testimonies about, oh, this is where I, you know. No, we're not. I mean, this, okay. Hang in there. Hang in there. Okay. okay. Yeah, hang in there. All right. So write that down. If you can, I want you to write that down. What is it that troubles you the most? Tom. <laughs> no, you can't write down Tom because that's only all the way back then. It has to be Peter. Okay, it has to be Tom. Okay. How do you spell yeah. Tom? <laughs> Everybody put Tom. That'll speed things up. <laughs> Ultimately, what Tom is asking too, I will say to you guys, I mean, is always very valid by the Word of God because it's always about. It's about something that was written 2,000 years ago, but how in context does that apply to today? And we're actually going to see that as we go through here, because Jesus actually calls that out, that what he's saying is not just for the disciples. So. Well, what gets me is, is the disciples were just really coming along, and now he says, I'm going to leave you. And they're, well, you know, we're not they're there yet. Out. You know, we're just figuring this out here. Okay, so you guys, anybody need more time to sort of think through that? Or if it comes to you more tonight or this week or whatever, write that down, okay? All right, anybody want to share what they wrote down? You'll already share the Tom is one that... Well, I didn't mean it. <laughs> I know, love Tommy. I don't hey, know we don't have to. My, uh, just an observation uh-huh. on the side. Uh-huh. Um, while you were talking earlier, I read through the chapter, and there's 31 verses, and the word Father is mentioned 21 times. Oh. Pretty mm-hmm. thematic. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I did not know this. Actually, that's good because it's going to be a little bit about what Jesus is focusing on. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I will say what, I, what troubles me. You asked... Yes, and what I will say, too, as we share this, you just state it. I'm not going to get too detailed, and no one's going to respond to it. We're not going to try to... We're just going to listen. Okay. Just how I resolved the last uh, six months of a very, of a very trou- troubling time. Okay. Marriage? Okay. Mass shootings? Oh, my goodness, yes. I really I'm afraid of dying Mm. good reason yeah I'm afraid of my dog passing without me Uh, hmm. how old's your dog now? Turned 11 on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're really close. Yeah. 
of trouble by, like, how fast life seems to just, like, speed up. Like, my mom just became a grandma, and my sister's had a baby, and it's just, like, life post-college for me has just been, like, whoa, it's just so fast now. Everything's just mm. happening. You ain't seen nothing. <laughs> 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 On a really short runway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah. a 200-foot drop-off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You came right night. <laughs> yeah, I speak your language. This might help you. It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. So I've heard. Yeah, you yeah, start. You, you have all the same problems, but everything aches. Yeah. <laughs> but it does speed up. Days right. are anybody else? Days are minutes. We're troubled yeah. by the wars and the strife in the world that are increasing exponentially. Mm. That we advertise we're one nation under God, only it ain't going that way. Is that what troubles your heart the most? Yeah. Okay, all right. That's okay. Mine is the state of the future economy. As a small business owner, it's always something you have to mm-hmm. think about. Mm-hmm. The economy is really changing. My my grandson is graduating from college next month. The job offers he's looking at. Uh, in retrospect of what my wife's first contract was, my wife would have had to work over 20 years to make an equal amount of money. So we save money at that kind of income. And like you said, the income, the economy is just changing so much that it's it's unreasonable. I used to pay a dollar thirty-five for a really good breakfast in town. We went to breakfast this morning. It was thirty-five dollars. Yeah, you have a dollar. Is that just like crazy? Yeah. 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 McDonald's has gone way up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Anybody else? Humans are cheap. One that's bothering me is that I just am losing all kinds of friends right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple who altered my life when I was 20. Uh, Probably the most influential couple in my life outside of my parents. Uh, I got a real simple note last time that said, Mom passed today. And uh, I met her in 1960, her and her husband. And they just altered my life. So it's a it's a big loss for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then my best man died last January, and there's been multiples of deaths. So all this stuff we're talking about leaving me. Yeah. What heaven is going to be like is coming to the forefront for me right now. Mm-hmm. I think what Mike said. Also, well, hold on for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 
say for me, um, it's just the thing that really gets to me, I think, uh, the most is, I mean, there's a, you know, there's a whole lot of articles and stuff that I, I sort of try to keep up on what's called the, the media, media around Christianity. And there's just, you know, been so many polls and every poll comes out and just talks about how the church is declining and less people are going to church. I mean, that's, you know, I look at that and I go, okay, I mean, those are statistics. I think the thing that bothers me the most is how many people, I was just reading some article just even yesterday, how many people are saying, I was a Christian, I'm not anymore. That they have, in one form or the other, saying they've fallen away or left their faith. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I love going through the Gospel of John, because I think that's what Jesus, what John's trying to address with us, uh, what Jesus is, and what he's saying in here is really that we have to keep on believing. We have to be active at that. And I've just watched the church, um, from my perspective, even since I first became a pastor, like in... Um, the early 2000s, where less and less I see Christians actively involved in their faith, particularly when it comes to reading the Word of God, particularly when it comes to talking about Jesus. I mean, it's part of the things we've talked about here. It's what I love about what we do up here. But what troubles me probably the most is just seeing over and over again people who say they were Christian and actually probably in a lot of ways had the evidence of that. So I'm not going to doubt a salvation finger so much as that they've just lost their faith. Why? You know, why are so many doing that? Um, Do you think they really knew Christ in, in the first place? I, I can't I, I can't answer that because I don't know their heart. Yeah. All I can do is say there's a lot of stories of it and there's even <clears throat> this is part of what gets me angry is there's even sort of a movement right now to embrace that and help people, they call it deconstruction, help people try to undo their faith and maybe put it back together again. And I just have a real problem with that. (laughs) Um, You know, it's like we should be building each other up in our faith, not tearing that down. So um, I think that's what troubles me the most. um, because I, I do see that a lot. I see that in our church. I see that just um, church-wide and talking to people who have parents, I mean parents who have kids even our church talking to someone the other day just about how, you know, their child is was brought up that way it's really, you know, strong Christian, active and everything and just walked away from the faith yeah, um, yeah so alright, I think it's hard on these young people I, I, I'll just say young people yeah. I hang out with a lot of young people and I think it's hard on them because they've seen so much <laughs> in the last 15 years. You know, they've seen their parents lose everything, struggle. They've seen the world deconstruct, you know, basically come apart at the seams. They see the polarity, you know, in both sides and how even our nation is completely polarized. And, you know, it's hard for them to have faith just in their future and graduating school and getting a job and, you know, having a career and a career that, like, when we were kids or when we were younger, we had one thing in mind. We had one career, and we are going to do that our whole entire life. 
you know what I mean, unless you get pulled away to war. But again, you know, we always kind of kept one single focus, and the world lend, gave, you know, credence to that. It, it supported that. Now the world is completely coming apart at the seams, and I think it's hard for a lot of people that have had, you know, faith in one thing. I think what it's hard for them is that they have a hard time not blaming God for these things that are happening. And everybody wants somebody to blame, but they haven't been able to figure out yet that these are human choices. We all have free will as humans. This is not God's choice that the way the world is right now. And I think eventually I find myself kind of talking to these guys, these kids. A lot of people grow up in the Catholic faith and definitely run the opposite direction. But I, I, I try to elicit the fact that these are human choices, you know. You can find peace in the storm, in God's presence. You know, the whole place can be blowing up. Like, I might, you guys might think I'm shallow thinking about my dog, and I worry about my dog. I don't really worry about anything, because I have, <clears throat> I'm at peace with God. Most of the times I find myself going, I'm ready to go. Come on, would you take me now? <laughs> yeah, me too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to break down and fall down and wind up in a wheelchair and wind up in a rest home, I'm ready to go now. You know, but he's not ready for me to go now. I've got work to do, obviously. So, again, you know, I've always been like that, though. Ever since I was a little kid, I was mm-hmm. kind of like, you know. Anyway, yeah. that's, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. so I think that's what a lot of people have a hard time with, is seeing the way the world is and blaming God for it. Right, right, right. Got a verse for you? Uh-huh. With your, um, what you said. Trouble to you? Uh-huh. Um, it's Luke 18:8, And I'll read the verse ahead of it just for context. But Jesus is speaking. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? You know, people are praying for justice on the earth. Will, will God answer their prayers, for example? That's what he's saying. Next verse. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, here's, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Mm. He's saying in the last days, faith is going to be, yeah. So what's happening is the sign of the end, I think. Amen. Amen. So what ends up happening is that Jesus says this at the beginning of 14, let not your hearts be troubled. Chapter 17, we're looking, going to be looking at 14 through 17. Chapter 17, when we get to that, is all about Jesus praying to the Father. So that's what 17 is about. And we're going to see he prays a lot of the things he's going to be talking about to the Father. But at the end, before he does that prayer, he ends chapter 16 with this. He says, and if you guys want to look at it, so it's on page 100. And this is what you call it, like an inclusio in scripture. It's like a bookends. He starts with one thing and he's going to tell, he's going to end with another. And he's very, very intentional about how he's going to end this section of teaching, 14 through 16. As he starts with saying, let not your hearts be troubled. And he ends this in verse 33 by saying, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world 
you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So he's specifically telling us what I'm going to be telling you about in 14 through 16 is designed to lead you from troubled hearts to peace in him. And that's what we're really going to be focusing on is how, what's he going to tell us that's going to do that? But I think all of us, I I always hate when people say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, I think all of us would agree. That in the world we will have tribulation. <laughs> you know, I think all of us, we were just talking about that. We're all experiencing that. Many of us feel like we're feeling that heightened. Um, but Jesus has something to tell us in these chapters that can lead us from troubled hearts to peace. And that's where we're going to be focused on. Okay, so that's sort of an introduction to where we're going. So let's turn to 14. I say, I spent a lifetime struggling with that whole question, and the only thing that's given me any peace is God's in control, my job's to show up. And so the waves of tribulation can come and go. My job is to keep showing up and walking with Him. And um, I know I should have died in Vietnam, and I didn't. So thank you. And every day is a gift. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of how I think and what my past is or what's happening, God's in control. Amen. My job is just to show up. Yeah. I, think, uh, I could do that. That's something I can do every day. I can keep showing up and not giving up. Yeah. If I could just add, thank you for saying that, because you've seen more life than I have. And I'd like to see some more life. Uh, but it gives me hope, the fact that you say that. It's reassuring. Every time I got in my airplane on the aircraft carrier, going there, I was scared shitless. <laughs> but uh, on the pre-flight, I would put my hand on the radome, pretending like I was pre-flighting the radome. And I just bowed my head and I said, Lord... Unless you fly with me, I know I'm not coming back. And so, uh, they say there are no atheists in foxholes. <laughs> I can tell you why. <laughs> and the problem is, is when the enemy is in range, so are you. And they don't train you about that. Yeah. And so, that's where, okay, this is my job. Yes, I'm scared. I need to do my job. Give me the strength and courage to do it. And Lord, I'm going to depend on you. Yeah, and, and, I think, and I'm yeah, going to do the best that I can as I show up with the best that I got. And the rest is in his hands. I was thinking about you said you're afraid to die. And of course that comes to all of our minds. But you happen to have a job now where you, you're face face to face with death and um, but the very fact that you are looking Christ in the eyes as you go through that over there you're looking at him and he he is surrounding you and he has you there for a reason 
and it's a it's a it's a hard reason. But we you have a whole host watching over you. So I think with what Eric said, I like what you said, because it really leads into what Jesus is going to do is you say, I'm just going to show up. Well, yeah, you do show up. But the question is, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And that's really what I think Jesus is going to do, is talk to us about when you show up, this is what it looks like. Okay? And that's really what I want to say one more thing. Um, If predisposed to pray, ask for strength and courage to deal with life's vicissitudes and not just deliverance from them. Because it's those challenges in life that perfect us and make us better. And so when we feel challenged, that's God saying, I'm making you better and I'm making you stronger. Because you showing up with God, that's the path. If it was going to be so easy and there would be no challenges, you know, everybody would be home free with with nothing to prove and nothing worth would be worthwhile. So, so it's the challenges of life that's the iron on iron that strengthen us and, and get us to where we need to go with his guidance. And they're not troubles. They're the path. That's the road less traveled. <laughs> I, I had a pastor once say that mm. God's more concerned about your character than your comfort. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that's brilliant. You know, what you say about just showing up, I'm just tweaking a little bit. I I think you mean much more than that. Oh, much more, yeah. Because showing up, you could be pretty passive. But if you're up on the flight deck and you're putting your hand on the nose of your plane and you're praying to the the Lord, you have a relationship with him. You're not just showing up. You're in tight and you're talking to him. And the scripture that comes to mind is like when Jesus is saying, I never knew you. I, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. He knows you. Because you talked to him. You talked to him. Yeah. Oh, you bet. Yeah. And, and also, I had to get in had that a, thing and get shot off the front of the ship. You had a nugget a minute ago. <laughs> that was the problem. It's really fun in <laughs> here to hear guys talk because there's so many nuggets. But you just said a minute ago, when the enemy is in range, so are you. Mm-hmm. Just think of Satan. Mm-hmm. You bet. Okay. It's like, watch where you're going, buddy. You know? You're going into the strip club? <laughs> hmm. prepared. Alright, so let's take a re- let's start answering that question. <laughs> um, what are we going to do when we show up? Uh, so, we're going to look at the first section we're going to look at is 14.1 through um, 14. Yeah, there we go. 14, 1 through 14. Um, so who wants to read that? So 14, 1 through... <laughs> I can't that. 14, 1 through 14. Um, as we read this, so whoever's going to read that, again, one of the things we do in here for you guys is just just listen to what you're reading just and see if there's anything that strikes you. Is there something that stands out? Okay, it's going to be sort of the question I'll ask. And we'll start looking through that section. So who would like to read 14, 1 through 14? <laughs> I'll read it. Okay. Go for it, you Is this the ESV? This is the ESV. Great. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house 
are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do not do you not believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his... I'm sorry. I lost my place. Just pick back up at 10. We just pick back up at 10. You see verse 10 there? Did my... Something happened. I'm sorry. Somebody else pick it up. I so pick, up pick up a 10. Yeah, go ahead and pick up a 10. Uh, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works what I that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. Yeah. Anything. So, what stands out to you guys in reading this? There's a lot... (laughs) Might be a lot of familiar verses in here. What's Uh, the significance of many rooms? Good question. Room for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to sleep in bunk beds. I connect with info. What do you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so hold that that question for us to come to it. Yeah. Well, and I could address it. We could address it now, I guess. So. When you guys hear that passage, so this passage, it talks about this. You, many of you have probably heard this. And mostly you're hearing it out of context. You're hearing this just, you know, someone will say, um, in my father's house has many rooms. If we're not sure, we told you there's a place I'm going to go and prepare for you. So when you've heard that, what is that, what are people, how are people talking or using that phrase to me? What are they speaking of? 
Isn't that, isn't that the idea of it? <clears throat> that's, what, that's what they used to do at that time. And like, I mean, it's talking about eschatology, right? Like, and then people think of it as like in times or whatever. But I don't think that was the meaning of it. Okay. Is that, so, well, no, that's okay. What's your Good. question again? So, it, <clears throat> you probably have heard this pulled out. A lot of these, a lot of these verses we're hearing in this section are ones that you would hear people just pull out. Okay, that they were out of context. So, a lot of times you hear someone quote. And say, well, in, the, in my father's, Jesus says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? So, when Jesus says that, how do most people take that as to what is he referring to here? I think most people think it's in the afterlife that there will be a, a dwelling place for them. Excellent. Very good. So, most, most people think like Jesus is talking about heaven here. And we're all going to go to heaven. I mean, this is what I used to think. You know, we're all going to go to heaven, and Jesus is going to have all these, you know, he's hanging up there right now, carpenter building our little rooms, <laughs> you know, but we're all going to have, like, a, a place to, to live when we're up there. I mean, that's how I always have heard it. And did, did you have another interpretation? Well, I'm just, so my question is, look at the context. What is it Jesus is talking about here? In the media context, what, what is troubled he speaking hearts. of? He's talking about troubled hearts. And what's, what's he trying to... He's saying you're with me. Yeah, okay. There's nothing that you... There's no way you cannot be with me because I'm with you. Okay, did you hear that? Always so welcome. He's speaking about him, about us being, about the disciples being with him. And he says he's going to go and he's going to then, what? Come back. Come back. Yeah. What is he talking about here? In the, in the immediate context, what's he talking about? He, he's going to go where? Where is Jesus Seven. going? Mm-hmm. Huh? Seven. Well, right, but where, how's he going to get there? What's going to happen? He's going to die. He's, he's going to die, go to the he's cross, die right? on the cross. So he's going to go, and then when he dies on the cross, he's going to go be... Resurrected. Right. And then he's going to come back and be, and be with them again. All right? That's like the immediate context. So in here, he's trying to give them comfort... Yeah, I'm going to go to the cross. They don't know this yet, right? They don't know that. I'm going to go away, but in going away, it's going to allow me to also come back. And to, ultimately, you'll just said it. It's about, a, it's about Christ being with us, okay? Not about us going and being with him in heaven somewhere. And the media context is really around. It does have that escalatical eschatological sense of ultimately us being with him. But here in immediate context, he's giving the assurance to the disciples, I'm going away, but I'm going to come back. And you're going to be with me, as we're going to find out, we're going to be with him in a different way than <laughs> the disciples could imagine. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes, which is what we we'll, yeah, exactly. All right. So... In this context, so that in your when you question, your question was all the different rooms, the many rooms, the many rooms of the different people. All of us will be able to be with Christ, um, and we're going to learn how that's going to happen as we go through. Now, Eric mentioned the Holy Spirit, but Jesus in this chapter talks about the Holy Spirit as a complete other. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that, yeah, when we get to that. We're going to get to that next week. Yeah. 
what was outside the world, the world's not looking for him because the world doesn't look for him, mm-hmm. because the world doesn't look for truth. The Holy Spirit resides in truth. Mm-hmm. And to just kind of further that point, Jesus says, you got to ask in my name. you got to come to me in my name. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit is basically the conveyor of truth and the unifier. Uh-huh. Supposedly. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll, okay, good. All right. What else do you guys see in here? What other things stand out to you? I think this makes me think of Jeff was speaking this weekend. He said something effective. There are many analogies for how the Trinity works. Like he's, it, it was kind of a, it wasn't the, the per, like point of summary, but there's many analogies for how the right. Trinity works. And, he's, and, and they all end in a heresy, right? And they, right. they, they kind of do, right? Like right. the water thing or whatever. And, like, it's actually really interesting that you, this stood out to me going through, like, how many times Jesus submits to the Father, but then also, like, the Father is me. Like, it's kind of like, like, there's, like, what is, what is, um, like, Arianism, like, with the heresy, where it's, like, the one where it's, like, ah, the son is, like, lesser than, or I can't remember exactly right. what it was. Is like, the Father and Son <laughs> the same? Are they different? Yeah, like, you think of, like, the son is, like, one. A, yeah, subordinate, right? But, like, this is, like, like, look at me, I am the Father, or, like, uh, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, or, um, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Like, this kind of thing speaks a little bit more than just, like, like a son being subservient to a father, right? That's, like, something different. Um, so, I, yeah, I so. But what's interesting, he's using that language, obviously, a familiar language, yeah. father, son. Just like the word house here... It's actually the word dwelling place. Mm-hmm. It's not like house necessarily like we think of. It's a, it's a dwelling place. Where are you dwelling? <laughs> and Jesus is using that as a metaphor for not an actual physical house, but as where he's we're going to. Wherever he live. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, to kind of continue Andrew's thought, I was meditating on that today because I read this chapter four or five times a day and you know, he keeps saying, if you don't recognize me, at least recognize me through my works. You know, and it, it kind of dawned on me. I went, wait a minute. We all have physical shapes, and we all have, you know, personality quirks, and we all have, you know, well, speak features, <laughs> right? Good point. Um, <laughs> features and whatnot. I mean, are we to think that? God in heaven looks like Jesus? No. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, the body of Jesus was a vessel for God to fill up. And, you know, God in heaven wants us all to call him Father. Mm-hmm. And when God put his um, divine counsel in charge of the other kingdoms of earth, and God kept Israel for himself, he also had to have a throne on earth so he could be seen, and then also in heaven so he could be unseen. So what did he look like when he was on earth? Was he not just in a vessel? Was he not in another humanly vessel? And it's been said throughout the Bible that God comes and inhabits other, like Abraham and whatnot, throughout the Old Testament. So, Jesus' body, was it not just a vessel? Was that literally not God talking? Of course it was. It was God talking, filling up this bodily vessel, Jesus. And Jesus knew that. 
because he was in direct. They were one, one and the same. You know, and Jesus, yeah, of course Jesus was in a body. He was like us. He had free will. Well, did he? That was another thing I was pondering today. But it was like, if you're in that close, direct communication with God, if you are God, if God is in you and you are in God and you are really one and the same, There's no temptation at that point, because you are completely unified. You're the conduit. You're you're there. Right, but that and that is the mystery of Christ is because he is fully human and fully God. But he's a vessel. Don't have anything. Well, to me, I would go. I'd go beyond. I I would probably want to argue with you on that in the sense that Jesus is not just a vessel. No, he's not. Jesus is a fully human right, of course. and fully God. So right. fully God. Right. It would be like He's not He's not the Father. No. But him and the Father are the same. I mean we see, the, her- the, the heresy yeah. thing, like all of these things like You see there. right here in these very verses, you see the Trinities trying to come you know, we all know the word Trinity is not in scripture. But you see Jesus even trying to describe what is this relationship like between him yeah. and the Father? And it's very, very hard to try to describe it, but he's trying to use language to give an idea that I'm different because there's a Father and there's me, but we also, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Well, the father but we're different. The Father was the same. Him. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Because anyway. As humans, we're limited. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. Of course he's human. Yeah. You know? So, of course he is. If you mean by himself. vessel like we are, a vessel, then, as a human, then... But fully transformed and full to the brim, cup runneth over with God. Divinity. Yeah, right. with divinity. Yeah. 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 And he was always God. We will never be God. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We try, but... Uh, <laughs> All right, other, what other things, anything else? There's a lot of stuff in here that sort of hits you, strike you, questions... Lots of always had a problem section. with well, know, hold on. works let's... I have done, you will do these in greater works. Otherwise, I Okay, so we can talk about that. Let me list some other people. Anybody else? Um, what other things struck you guys? Well, I'll be interested to get to verse 12, too. <laughs> yeah. Because I pray, and it doesn't happen. Because what? I pray, and it doesn't happen. I ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't happen. Do you know? Do I know? Do you know? I mean, you're talk- we're talking about, you're saying for something physical. Yeah. And in the... You no, know, he's saying this passage right here where Jesus ask says... For anything? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've often wondered about that myself. I mean... Yeah. Uh, is the qualifier? Yeah. If, okay. So if you ask me anything in my name, uh-huh. so is that the qualifier? So that I mean, well, it is a qualifier. Is qualifier. Yeah. I mean, that that is definitely one of one of the qualifiers. So what are the qualifiers? That's a great question. So what are the qualifiers in this? Or what are the things? That it's not just ask and I give it to you. You have to obey. Okay. Obey me. He says, obey my commandments. All right, which is interesting because that's the next thing he says, which we're not there yet in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Yeah. So, all right. What else? What are the con- let's call it conditions? Uh, it's, 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 it's as well. Could be kind of a qualifier, verse 13, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It, it is a qualifier. 
I think it is, yeah. So if you're asking for something where the Father is not glorified in the Son, then Jesus is not too interested in granting it. Yeah, does that, you guys hear that? Good, Tom. Can you say that again? If you ask for something that doesn't glorify God, then it's not very probable to be granted. That's brilliant. I think there's a caveat here that Satan kind of sneaks into the formula from the standpoint that you get some Christians call themselves prayer warriors, and that connotes pride. And, and what happens is power and authority then is assumed by them rather than glorifying God. And so when you say, you know, I can do anything if I just ask, that's, I always add, if it's in my best interest. <laughs> so, but yeah, according I, to your will, pe- I think is what we say a lot of times, right? Yeah, I've yeah. seen people in the church that, you know, they're known for their ministry of healing and they lay hands on people and people are healed and all the rest of that. Well, is that more about them or is it more about glorifying the Father and the Son? That's why the attitude coming, Tom, is so important. Yeah. Aren't right. Our desires and God's purposes need to be aligned. Yeah. yeah. Very, very well put. And, and in, in, in that regard, that, that's what he, he means by in my name. Yeah, very good. Right. <laughs> I was just, you guys just answered each other. Yeah. 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 What you just said is exactly, yeah. You just, there's a qualification. So if we just yeah. tack on a selfish prayer with, in Jesus' name, it's not going to work? No, no. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> no, no. All these years? Because what this is not is magical. That would be superstition. And that's, and I think some of us are talking about that that can become that way. We become very superstitious in our faith and magical by saying exactly what you just said. In Jesus' name. Somehow, that's going to just automatically make it happen. Okay, and that's superstitious. That's magic. You have the, the whole prosperity gospel. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that same thing. Mm-hmm. built problem. their whole mu- yeah. mantra on that. Yeah. And they say, if you're not getting your prayers answered, it's because you don't have enough faith. Right, right. yeah. Right. So they blame people for, you know, some poor old lady who's praying to be healed. Well, you're not healed because you don't have enough faith. Yeah. You old bag. Just put money in <laughs> 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 Yeah. More money, money money helps. And that's nothing new. If you don't have enough faith, money will pop out. Catholic Church is right there. I was going to say that's nothing new under the sun, is that? Because why? Why are we here as a? Why are we here right now and not in a Catholic Church? Is because of the Reformation. And one of the key things about the Reformation was exactly what Tom was talking about, which was that's what they were trying to do. They were telling all the People who were the most poor, you have to give to be at some place and have some special place, and your prayers aren't going to be answered unless you give some money. And Martin Luther, that was one one of the huge things that he was like, that's what troubled his heart. <laughs> and so, I, I read you know. that the, the thing that triggered him was some bishop came from Rome, and he was going around Germany and all over um, begging for funds to build St. Peter's. We need this many, you know, ducats. To make a big building. Yeah. Really. And that's what tweaked him. Oh, he went, yeah. that doesn't sound right. Yeah. And then I, there's yeah. indulgences. 
Right. Which the Catholic exactly. Church says, you want to go to heaven, you got to give this much to the church. Right, right. I think that's, I think what Glenn was talking about probably just hits it right, sort of on the nail, which is, ultimately when you say in, when Jesus is saying, if you ask in my name, that is with the full sense of, I am so obedient, so close to you, so in line with you, that I'm, I'm, I am, I'm Christ <laughs> in me, and I'm being that, and I'm living that out to such extent that I know, as, I'm like Jesus, I know what to ask. It's going to be answered. You know? Greg, yeah. Well, what's the point then? Because no one, like, sweet, so, yeah, like, be perfect, and then I'll give you a million bucks or whatever. Uh, like, right. It's just kind of. If I can, regardless. if I could tack on to that, because that's yeah. what I want to actually uh-huh. comment on uh-huh. as well. Okay. It's like, what? Yeah, what is the point? What's the it's point like, of okay, what? I'll I'll ask if it's in your glory, please do this. But like, how do I know? Right? Like, mm-hmm. please, you know, give me this job if it's in your will. Okay. Well, I don't know if it will be in his will, right? Uh-huh. So why should I even ask in the first place? If it is, it'll happen. If it won't, you know. no. No, because you, it, by asking, you're humbling yourself to his better judgment. So you're, 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 uh, it, you're aligning yourself with Christ and asking, but you, you need to be, uh, a person needs to be ready to hear that, that, no, no, I'm not ready. Think of it, both you guys, think of it this way too. Jesus is in the garden, he's going to the cross, and he's sweating blood and bullets, and he says, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this, Lord. Nevertheless, I will. I will be done. So that addresses, I think, the issue of why why bother praying? Because he's going to do what he's going to do anyway. Jesus prayed. It must have been sincere praying for the cup, cup to pass. But he was deprived. It's a, it's he was a deprived. We can't really describe. I mean, it's a full. It's also, I think, I would say, in the sense. What is prayer? I answer that question, but I mean, it is it is a full surrender in your relationship with Christ. It is a dependence on Him. When you're saying, "I recognize, I can't control what's going on in this world," all right, or in my life, and it's a crying out to the God who is in you, who's with you. We'll learn more about all that. And it's uh, it's a humility of saying, "I'm not in control here. You are." And so it's a really, it's a surrender saying, here's what I'm praying for. God, I'd love to make that happen. And you're trusting him as to how that's going to happen, how that's going to answer, because you have no control. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not uh, worried so much about like the puzzle of petitionary prayer yeah. here. It, I heard you saying, um, I heard you saying like, if, if, if you okay, whatever you ask in my name, yeah. this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Well, um, my will has to be aligned with Jesus's. I have to like essentially almost be as good as Jesus in order no. that um, whatever I ask in His name, He'll do. That's what I heard you saying. Okay, and so yeah, that's why I'm like, saying. Well, what's the point then? Because I'm not, I'm never going to get there. So why is why does it even bother? Okay, I didn't mean that. Okay, but I might have yeah, come sure up, but I might have come across that way. You go ahead and say what I meant. <laughs> Because <laughs> you could say it better than I do. Well, you know, we'll... But good question. I mean, that's good. Yeah, I will never be like Christ. Fully. Because fully, because Christ was perfect. 
He was without sin. We sin every day, multiple times a day. We, our, my goal in life is to be as Christ-like as I can every minute of the day. Am I? Not even close. Not even close. That's why I pray every morning for God to forgive the sins, known and unknown, those of pride, anger, envy, and jealousy. Because those are the four things that I think I struggle with the most. And I ask God to forgive me every single day. And I thank Him for forgiving my sins. And once I do that, then I feel I can ask God for something. Because what I did is I humbled myself before God and said, Hey, I know I'm a sinner, and I want to thank you for forgiving my sins again. And then I'll go in and say, Lord, protect my guys today. I'll go into, you know, Lord, I'm walking into a meeting today that I'm going to struggle with. Be alongside me. If I forget to do those things in the morning, I don't have as good of a day as I do do when I do remember to pray like that in the morning. It's not, and a good day could be defined in many ways. Yeah, a good exactly. But it might I might walk out of that meeting that I asked God to help me with, and I'll walk out of that meeting and I'll say, "Wow, that meeting went really well." But there's other times where the meeting went really bad. I don't know why it went bad. But even if it went bad, I still have to strive for being as Christ-like as I can. Even if that meeting's going south, I have to be as Christ-like as I can, because that's who I am. I'm a Christian. I try and portray that every day. But I fail miserably. So there was something here that was said in First John that I thought was really cool. It says, the deepest answer to prayer is to know that he hears us. He hears us. He hears our prayers. We might not get the answer to our prayer today. We might not get it tomorrow. We might not get it next week. We might never get it. But we have to understand as Christian men that God does hear us. For believers, prayer seeks communion with the Father more than the acquisition of favors or the satisfaction of desires. Bingo. That's the key. It's communication with God. Exactly. Prayers aren't for asking. Prayers are for communication. And the more... And plain and simple. I could die tomorrow. I could die on my way home. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. So I just, you know, I try try and be as... What Tom was saying about God being in the garden, of course Jesus surrendered to God because he had an open line of communication with him. He already knew. God was telling him. I know what you're praying for, but this is what we got to do. And it's to answer your question, the alignment is the communication with God. You're not going to ask for something out of context with the communication of God. So if God's communicating with you and you're communicating with God and you go into prayer, you're not going to ask for a red Ferrari when God's been telling you, hey, man, you know, your your family needs you to show up at the hospital and sit with them and hold their hand and let them know that you care about them. You know what I mean? It's out of context. And I think, Sky, that's what I was trying to communicate. Yeah, I, mean, I think it came out wrong, but I think that's what I was trying to communicate is 
people we were asking the question like, I, I try to make these prayers, but it doesn't happen. I mean, ultimately, this idea of in your name is, is a relational term, actually. It actually means in a relationship with me. Christ is saying, in a relationship with me, when you know my heart and know Christ, and you know what he wants, that I'm praying in alignment with Thank that. God. And so... Yeah, I'm fine yeah. with that. Then. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, a good, it's very, very good. <laughs> well, very it's, good question. Yeah. Yeah. All, of, all of us struggle with this one. Oh, yeah. big right. time. You know, why does <laughs> every time I read it? It's actually, it's kind of helpful, because... It's like gathering data points. It's like, hey, God, uh, can I get this? This is in your name. Nope, that's not for you. Okay, okay. Let me keep asking, and then kind of forms a path. Oh, this is what you, the plan that you got for me. I see. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, which which goes to like it going from a petitionary prayer to a um, consultative prayer, there you right? Go. You're 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 asking for guidance instead of a particular thing. You know, oftentimes in the Old Testament, when the king went out to battle, they, they asked questions. Should we do this, or should we mm-hmm. do that? They're communicating. Um, yeah, but it's it's prayers for guidance, and yeah. not just, yeah. I'm going into battle, you know, come come with me. I mean, maybe that's okay, but it's like, should I go into battle? Right. <laughs> yes or no, Lord? Yes, yes, I will go with you, you will win. Great, let's go. Yeah. 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 You know, um, in context, to use that word, going forward, and verse 14 is the one we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. If you ask in my name, I'll do it. And then this, verse 15, even though there's a paragraph here, it says... Yeah, which really, again, doesn't but it, But it follows. So this is the next thing Jesus exactly. says. So the next thing Jesus says, on, in this subject, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So we're going, wait, I'm asking you about prayer, and if you answer my prayer, and you're telling me if you, if I love you, You'll, I'll keep your commandments. Jesus is fusing those together. And you think, well, how does that work? And it works in verse 21. So read 21. He that keeps my commandments and he that, he that my. hath my commandments and keeps them, he, it, this is King James, sorry, he it is that loveth me. So if you obey God's commandments, that shows that you love him. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. Well, that's good. You're getting the love of Jesus and the love of the Father by keeping his commandments. And I will love him. That means Jesus loves us back. And here's the biggie in answer to prayer, maybe. And I will manifest myself to him. So, it's... Lord, save me from dying in the Ukraine next week. You know? And, you know, the answer might be where God just manifests himself to you. And you go, and you're just dwelling in the Holy Spirit and the glow and he's showering love on you. And he's talking to you. Yeah. What's more important? You may die, but you're going to heaven. He's manifesting himself to those... He's making himself available. To those who keep his commandments. But if you're walking linked with him, linked in your heart and mind, and you're, you're looking straight at him and in him, the protection, you already are in heaven. Yeah. You're at you're at the you're on the carpet. You're not in you know, you're not in in the living room, but you're 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 with him. You're you're with him and you can't he can't you can't be taken from him. Right. You cannot be taken from him, regardless of what happens. Regardless of what happens. Mm -hmm. You're his. I remember once when I was really, really, really beat up. And I was praying and crying. I was in the forest on my feet. 
and that just occurred to me, and and he manifested himself. I just felt I was there, and I felt his love, and I was I was overwhelmed. And I guess from God's point of view, that's Jesus' point of view. He's he's saying that's better than what you're asking for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. that's good. That's true. I mean, that's the whole story of Job. Ultimately, the whole story of Job is what we do as Christians is not we want to ask for things or ask why did this happen to me or take this back away, take the pain away or give me all this whatever it is. And ultimately in Job, the final thing in Job is that the issue is not around getting what you ask for. The issue is around God's very presence with you. And And we're going to read, I mean really what we're going to see in 14 through 16 is exactly that's Jesus is going to describe how that reality actually happens. Um, but, yeah. Isn't being in God's presence an answer, an answer to all prayers? Like I would say yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the end, end goal, man. And, yeah, I mean, if you're... All right, how about as we sort of get to close it, anything else in here that, I mean, there's a lot of stuff again, but anything else that you just sort of strikes you guys. Um, what about the word? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go to Josiah. I got too much. Josiah. Okay, I want to point out one more thing about verse 13. So, so whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I feel like we're reading this like um, if you're going for glorifying the Father and the Son or whatever, but I feel like the that the Father may be glorified in the Son is more of like this is why I'm going to um, give you what you ask. I feel like we're reading it as if it's a, a condition that needs to be met, oh, when yeah. actually it's the purpose right. with which he's, you're he right. says that he's you're exactly right. So excellent. I just want to point that yeah. out. Yeah, excellent. Yes. It's not a condition, it's the why, why. Yeah, what's the purpose of this? Yeah. yeah. Penalty, good point. so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very good reading, that's guy, very good reading. In the King James, um, we're talking about the house with the rooms, mm-hmm. and the King James it says in my... God's house, there are many mansions. Mansions, yeah. And I think it's sweet because it's like you have no concept how how, <laughs> how much you have or how magnificent heaven is going to be for you personally. It's a it's a metaphor, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you get your veranda, Eric? Um, could could I say a little prayer about that? Could you oh, say well, a little prayer about what what Tom just said? No. Just yeah, Father. Sure. Father, we love you. We're here with you. We've we've been listening to you, and we hear you in other others' voices. Father, we deeply thank you for preparing a room for us. We thank you, Father, that you do that and that you've told us, and that you have been so sweet in your spirit with us tonight, just enjoying us, enjoying our love for you. And Father, we ask that as we go through the next period of a week, that we would be constantly conscious of you, and whenever things trouble us, we look into your eyes. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.